And, you know, Kevin McCarthy is not in Kiev, but one leader is, uh, who managed to break away from going to like electro pop festivals and, uh, <laughs> nightclubs in Helsinki. And that's, uh, Prime Minister Sana Marin. Here she is, uh, moving to lay flowers for those that fallen. Ukrainian soldiers in Bakhmut. Here she is. You can see her right behind Zelensky to his left, laying flowers for a certain figure who is very well known in Ukrainian military circles in Ukrainian society. In general, you can see his photo to the left and uh, behind a, a candle, and it's uh, da, he's known. His call sign is Da Vinci, uh, Dmitry uh, Kotsubailo. And he is the most prominent figure in right sector, the ultranationalist militia that reveres Bandera. This is him in front of a painting of Bandera with his dog. He's joked that his dog eats the bones of Russian children. Here he is with Bandera again. Uh, Zelensky previously honored him with the Hero of Ukraine Award in the Ukrainian parliament. This is the Jewish president with an ultranationalist doing the phalangist fascist salute of right sector and the Azov battalion in the Ukrainian Rada. Here he is again. Looks like a nice young man with a strong moral compass. Well, all militaries are filled with figures like that. Uh, here's, here's his girlfriend. Her name is Alina Mikhailo, uh, Mikhailova, and she's actually a member of the Ukrainian parliament now. And she breaks stereotypes, according to the UN, about women in the military and in politics in Ukraine. In reality, she too was a member of the right sector. And she was the prototype for Lego figures that honored women in the Ukrainian military. And this is Forbes. I mean, this is just like flat reporting. Among the priorities of right sector is the fight against illegal development and the de-Russification of Kiev. In other words, Nazi stuff. Getting the ethnic Russians, the people who speak Russian primarily, out of the capital city of Ukraine through force. For ethnic and, cleansing. Uh, ethnic cleansing, basically. Ethnic cleansing. That's what this whole civil war was about. This war is about, in many ways, this war is about that. Putin himself has stated that he aims to conduct denazification of these battalions, and these battalions want the derusification of Ukraine. And that's the figure that the Finnish liberal prime minister, who is a creation of the World Economic Forum, has gone to, as Reagan did at the German cemetery of Bitburg, to essentially honor a Nazi. Uh, and, and, and honestly, like, I have trouble feeling contempt for this character on this day because there have been so many Ukrainian young men just wasted in Bakhmut because Zelensky needed to hold them for tactical reasons and to continue putting on this face to Western media and the, to this, the collective West that's been arming him and has vaulted him to celebrity that Ukraine was winning. Um, and you look at the New York Times reports, they're ridiculous. There's one report by this um, reporter, Carlotta Gall, who used to cover Afghanistan for them. And she went into uh, the 
general area of Bakhmut. And it was like uh, reading uh, a St. Louis sports reporter reporting on the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs. Uh, even though the Ukrainian military is encircled, they're pushing Russia back. So they're actually in a cauldron and the cauldron is heating up day by day with massive artillery strikes and they have no way out. They're trying to escape on these muddy roads and they're barely making it out, but they're pushing Russia back. They're still winning. Guys, we can still do it. It's like the New York Times is the cheering section for the Ukrainian military as they're getting routed in a very strategically significant city. I know Lloyd Austin says it's not strategically significant, but this is where Russia could break through the first Ukrainian defensive line and move towards the second. And Zelensky apparently knows this, and he's just throwing the best soldiers he has into this cauldron. And uh, da Vinci was one of them. Uh, and then Zelensky goes and looks like he really cares about the Ukrainian people and is honoring them with this tool of a prime minister who has broken Finland's historic neutrality with Russia and agreed to sign up for NATO. Uh, I mean, there just are so many levels of horror that it's hard to hold, to, to focus my contempt on that right sector soldier. Well, you know, going back to that photo you showed of, of, of him and Zelensky and Zelensky giving him uh, a, a medal in parliament. I mean, the, that photo, I remember like that was the cover image for a report that you wrote along yeah. with Alex Rubenstein in the gray zone about how uh, the Jewish president Zelensky made peace with Nazis in Ukraine. And that photo illustrates the victory of Ukraine's neo-Nazis and far-right nationalists in destroying Zelensky's peace mandate. And whether Zelensky was sincere on it or not, you know, I don't know what was in his head, but I do know that when he was elected with over 70% of the vote, the people who elected him thought that he was going to fall through on a promise to make peace and end the war and the Donbass that began after the 2014 U.S. backed coup. And Zelensky initially took some steps uh, that I think were significant to try to implement uh, peace, to try to pursue the, like, the Minsk Accords. But he was dissuaded from doing that by U.S. diplomats. We know that now from new reporting that's come out in the Washington Post, which I've written about. Bill Taylor, who was the top U.S. envoy to Ukraine at the time, told Zelensky that a German-backed effort, the Steinmeier formula, was a terrible idea. And what that idea was, was basically a way to implement the Minsk Accords, which would yep. have ended the war and respected the rights of ethnic Russians out of Ukraine. So William Taylor, who went on to become a hero of Trump's first impeachment, where he was impeached after freezing some weapons to Ukraine, he tells Zelensky it's a terrible idea. And meanwhile, the far right holds violent protests uh, under the banner of no to capitulation. And when Zelensky goes to the front lines, and you guys write about this in your story, the Azov Battalion basically tells Zelensky to go away, and they're not going to obey his orders to pull back. And there are even people uh, like, I believe, the co-founder of Right Sector, Yarosh, who threatened to kill Zelensky, said we're going to hang him yeah. from a tree. I, I, I believe that guy is the co-founder of Right Sector. So that photo there that you had of Zelensky giving this guy a hero of Ukraine, that crystallizes the extent to which the far right won, because Zelensky went from running on a campaign of peace and trying to implement it to now honoring the people who threatened to kill him if he implemented his peace agenda. Yeah, I can actually play video of it if you want or some video. I mean, Zelensky's basically pleading with them to leave and pull back according to the Minsk Accords and give up their arms and they're just uh, like, no. Nope. 
меморандум. Я с тобой? Не я с вами, а все люди, которые в этом процессе, те, которым болит за Украину. Формализация. Ты меня переводишь стрелку. Так я вам второй момент уже озвучу. Я вас услышал, вы сказали. Ты мне вообще не можешь никакой ультиматум на озвучивать. Так я вам ультиматум, я говорю, это были люди. Нам за тебя оружие забрать. Причем здесь? Я не понимаю, чем мы закончим, сейчас разовут. Так мы нормально общаемся. Нормально ну, так и общаемся. давай нормально общаться. Ну, никто же вас не пытается макнуть. Ничто. Вам передали то, что происходило в Украине, то, что люди что еще не передал? Украине. Я же тебе говорю, ты мне скажи. Так я вам говорю, по Украине okay, были so, акции. Sorry, I, I've been playing this with subtitles. And for those who are just listening, basically Zelensky is accusing this commander of an ultra-nationalist battalion of disrespecting him because he will not remove the weapons and pull back from this The gray zone area. This is the village of Zolote. Денис, по Украине вчера прошел дождь. Вот же я слышу. Ну, я вам рассказываю о том, что Где акции? Кто мне что передал? Говорю, давай, что? Кто ему передали? Для президента. Прочитаю. The last 30 seconds are really telling here. And this is really what... This is the transition point. This is like... This is the end of Zelensky right here as the peace president who is elected with by also many... Ethnic Russians. Let's, let's read what Zelensky is saying. I'm not a sucker, right? Yeah. I came and told you, pull back the weapons. Don't shift the conversation. You saw a guy who decided that he was some sort of sucker. trying to switch the topic. Ты мне скажи, ок, все. Ну, так у нас нет оружия в руках. Нет, это значит, ты меня не слышишь. Ну, слушайте. Парни, это я вообще сказал серьезно. It's amazing. So, a president of a country is telling military force under his command that I'm not a sucker, that you have to listen to me, pull back your weapons, because I'm trying to implement this peace deal. And the guy is basically making fun of him and saying, oh, like, we don't have any weapons here in our hands. Like, um, and, uh, and, and basically gaslighting him. I hate to use that word, but it's true. That's what he's doing. And it speaks to the power of forces like Azov inside of Ukraine. And it speaks to what a farce it is for people to say, oh, well, how can Ukraine be, uh, have neo-Nazis with a major influence if their president is Jewish? Well, you have right there the Jewish president being mocked by the neo-Nazis yep. and then refusing yep. to, and then refusing to follow his orders. There's your it answer. It reminds right me there. of those videos like my kid watches, like Johnny, Johnny, yes, Papa, eating sugar, no Papa. <laughs> and then like the dad has to basically just let the kid eat the sugar because the kid just is like, nope, I'm lying. Uh, that's not a leader. That's, and he didn't, yeah. he, you know, he, he wasn't acting on a mandate there. He never really had one to deal with those guys. So the next thing we know, he's sitting at the table in Kiev with the commanders of these far right forces, including the commander of C14, which was just a straight up neo-Nazi organization, the Jewish president, because he had to, um, And meanwhile, the U and the U.S. was, as we know, sabotaging the Minsk Accords from behind. Yeah, the they were siding with the Azov Nazis. That, that's who they were in perfect lockstep with. And so was every Democrat in Congress who, meanwhile, was impeaching Trump because he had briefly frozen some of the weapons that were used for that fight that were yeah. arming people like Azov, yeah, that were encouraging yeah. them to fight the rebels in Donbass. So the Nazis of Ukraine were in perfect lockstep with U.S. officials and pretty much the entire Congress. Uh, especially the Democratic Party, because they were impeaching Trump for freezing, for pausing and weapons it, that fueled that fight. They were they were in step with Curb Your Enthusiasm star Alexander Vindman, 
who was like the star witness and was engineering this whole process, who was born in Ukraine, who's basically just like a Ukraine firster. I remember everyone was getting all worked up in Washington because Vindman's patriotism was being uh, (laughs) insulted. What was he trying to do? I mean, he was trying to secure offensive weapon shipments for the country of his birth, working from within the bowels of the U.S. national security state. And now we can see with his own private consulting firm, he's, he's still doing that. And Max, just one, you know, just uh, he wasn't a Ukraine firster. He was a Western Ukraine firster. He was a Bandera stand firster. He wanted to pursue the agenda of the Bandera movement, uh, its followers, including Azov, who basically don't want a Ukraine that has an ethnic Russian component. Um, That was his agenda. And that's what we had to get behind in the U.S. Uh, to be a good liberal. I mean, that's and the way, Democrats were like, Finman is Jewish, and and for for decades, Jews have been accused of dual loyalty. Like, no Jew has been accused of loyalty to a to to Nazi collaborators, exactly. and that's what's exactly. actually going on here. Yeah. So you yeah. know, all these people they always say, oh, Max is a capo, and he's an anti self hating Jew because he stands up for the Palestinians against the Jewish state. What about Vinman or Zelensky? Like these guys are the real capos. Like they're standing up for literal to get weapons in the hands of straight up Nazis. Yes. And where's your self-respect? Those people worship the memory of the guy who slaughtered our people yep. in Lviv. Yeah. Like go look up the photos of the Lviv pogrom. They're harrowing. They did it. It was the Holocaust of bullets. Where's the outrage? Where's the anger? That's not coming from the ADL. It's not coming from the Jewish establishment in the U.S., It's just coming from us and we get called, uh, you know, Putin puppets and every other kind of name for it. The world's worst apologists and most vocal apologists for neo-Nazis right now are the same people who in the U.S. are constantly accusing their domestic opponents of being neo-Nazis. It's liberals who are accusing everyone, all the January 6th protesters of being Nazis, while meanwhile cheerleading a government that is – and that has totally had to bow to the neo-Nazis instead of Ukraine and then even arms them. So we are now helping to arm and support neo-Nazis instead of Ukraine. And that is a large part due to the work of American liberals who are constantly accusing their domestic opponents of being white supremacists. They're the biggest supporters of white supremacists right now in terms of- And the German war. government. The German yeah, government yeah. loves Nazis now. Yeah, uh, they we do. We thought they conquered the ghosts of their past. But check out my interview with a veteran anti-war activist, Heinrich Bucher up at the YouTube channel. It's on the site as well. Heinrich gave a speech last year in which he denounced the German government for giving military aid to a government that renamed the road to Babi Yar where tens of thousands of Jews were slaughtered in the Holocaust of bullets after the man responsible, Stepan Bandera. Yeah. They literally renamed the road to Babi Yar, ben, like Bandera Boulevard. And for him complaining about that, a lawyer issued a complaint and he now faces a 2000 euro fine or 40 days in prison at the hands of the German state that's arming these characters and bring, giving them leopard tanks. I mean, this is one of the most outrageous historical episodes. And to, to quote Sarah Wagenacht, uh, we don't want to see German weapons being used to kill the grandchildren of the Russians who were slaughtered by Germans in World War II. Do you have historical amnesia? Yes. Yes. It's not going to make up for it to Germany if you just uh, give Israel some uh, fast boats so they can enforce the siege of the ghettoized population of Gaza. That doesn't make up for the Holocaust. 
it would make up for the Holocaust if you stopped arming Nazis and actually condemned them 